For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the skills of wealth. And I've got great news. It's a brand new year, maybe a brand new day, depending on when you're listening to this, but it's certainly a new year and a new month. And here's the cool thing about a new year, a new month, or a new day. A new day is a time for a fresh start. And today, you can reflect back on your progress toward your goals over the last months and perhaps even a year and consider your progress. And you might have two emotions that come out of that. You might be able to look back and reflect on 2015 with satisfaction, satisfaction about how much excellent progress you've made towards your goals. Or you might look back with a little bit of regret, feeling like, uh, I wish I'd done a little better. Well, either one of those is okay. Uh, But today, I want to speak with a special message to those of you who look back with a little bit of regret, because here's the good news. It's a brand new day, and today you can begin to develop, practice, and perfect the skills that you need that will help you build wealth in every area of your life. Welcome to the Radical Personal Finance Podcast. My name is Joshua Sheets, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for being with me here today, Radicals. It's a brand new year. I am rested, rejuvenated, re-energized, and ready. (laughs) I needed one more R. And ready to go for a brand new year on Radical Personal Finance. And today, we talk about skills, one of my favorite topics. I hope that you've had an excellent uh, holiday season. I hope that you've enjoyed perhaps a little bit of time off. I hope that you've enjoyed uh, some time with those that you love. Uh, But I'm excited to get back to work personally. I I had a great time uh, with my family, did a little bit of camping, visited uh, various family members, did a little bit of travel, got some things cleaned up. And today, Monday, January 4, 2016, I am ready to get back to work. It's going to be a big year for Radical Personal Finance. I'm very excited about the opportunities that are in front of me, and I'm excited about the hard work that's in front of me. But as I was reflecting over the last couple of weeks on 2015 and kind of checking in on my plans for 2016, I was thinking about the progress that I've made and the progress that I haven't made. Now, in many ways, 2015 was an excellent year for me, but it was also a very challenging year for me. And frankly, I didn't make quite as much progress as I thought I would, as I wanted to. I went back and listened to the show that I created at the beginning of 2015, and in looking at all the things I set out to do, I, I didn't accomplish all the things I wanted to do. Now, for me, that's 
normal, and I've learned that that's normal, and I've learned not to beat myself up too much about those things. Some people struggle with thinking big. I don't struggle <laughs> to think big. Usually, I think far bigger than I can ever achieve, and I've just learned that generally I set out bigger plans than I can execute on, and for me, it's okay. I, I, I'm aware of that, and I've learned how to mitigate the downsides of that uh, character trait. But in thinking about it, I was reflecting on this next year. And in considering my own personal progress, I found solace in the concept of skill development. And that's what I want to focus today's show on, is share with you some ideas that I have about skills and how useful a concept this is for people who are working toward their goals. I am amazed about the world that we live in, and especially as it relates to wealth. And one of the most amazing concepts to me that I I love is the fact that anybody in our modern economic system where we all live today, all of you who are listening to the sound of my voice, whatever country you're in, anybody can build wealth if you have the knowledge that you need and the skills that you need and if you have enough time for that knowledge and those skills to be applied to the point where they work. Anybody can do it. To me, that's a very freeing, freeing idea because we don't live in a time where you have to be born into wealth. We don't live in a time that you have to somehow do something nefarious to gain wealth. We don't live in a time where you have to get lucky, be chosen from the genetic lottery. We live in a time where any man and any woman with a good plan, learning the knowledge that they need and acquiring the education and the wisdom which comes with applied knowledge and education over time, uh, and then developing the skills, really any man and any woman can build wealth. Now, the level of wealth is not guaranteed. Uh, Who knows if you're going to become a millionaire or a billionaire? Huge difference between those two things. But you can build wealth. Now, I love the word skill because skills are learnable. And a fundamental tenet of wealth building and a fundamental tenet of personal development is that anything that somebody else has learned, you can learn too. Which means for me, when I think about all of the challenges that I face and all of the areas where I fall short and all of the uh, places where my character still needs to be honed, I take encouragement from the fact that other people with the same problems and shortcomings that I have have faced those challenges and have learned new skills that have enabled them and equipped them to be able to work through them, through the challenges. So regardless of how good or how bad my results have been, I need to continue to focus on the skills. I need to have a good plan, have the knowledge that I need, and then work on developing and perfecting the skills that ultimately will lead to wealth. Because here's a cool thing, at least how I see it. People who are wealthy, or at least people who are wealthy from their own actions, uh, we'll talk uh, briefly in a moment about those who are wealthy from the actions of others, but people who are wealthy have done one of two things. Either they've unconsciously learned the knowledge and applied the skills of wealth to their situation, or they have self-consciously learned the knowledge and applied the skills of wealth to their situation. Either way, The results that they're achieving or have achieved are based upon the application of knowledge and skill. Now, what about those who come into wealth by the actions of someone else, uh, win a lottery, uh, 
gain an inheritance? Well, give it a little bit of time, and what you'll see is that those people who are wealthy and stay wealthy <laughs> in those situations, those who are actually able to stay wealthy, only be are able to stay wealthy because either they've unconsciously learned the knowledge and applied the skills of wealth, or they've self-consciously learned the knowledge and applied the skills of wealth. Now, I don't know how to uh, do things unconsciously, but I do know how to do things self-consciously. As a sentient being, I can chart the course, pick the goal, develop the plan, build the skill, and in the fullness of time, I'll get the results that I'm looking for. And the same applies to you. So in today's show, I want to just give you some ideas about how to apply these skill sets to your life and, and, and some ideas on specific types of skills that you should be looking at to, to, uh, to apply. Before I get to the meat of the skills that I want to talk about uh, in just a moment, uh, I want to talk about briefly about sponsors for today. Sponsor of the day number one is the YNAB budgeting software. You need a budget. Budgeting is a fundamental and core skill of wealth. And there are many ways to budget. Done recent shows on budgeting. Feel free to check those out if you're interested. But budgeting is a core skill. You will not become and stay wealthy without a good system of budgeting. If you've got a system that works for you, great. If you don't, I would commend to you that this is a major area that you can make progress in in a brand new year. And I would recommend that you try the YNAB budgeting software. YNAB is short for You Need a Budget. It's an acronym. And YNAB is the number one most requested, most suggested advertiser on the show. Uh, More audience members of Radical Personal Finance use and love YNAB than any of our other advertisers, or frankly, any other product that I'm aware of at the moment. YNAB solves the major problems of budgeting brilliantly. Uh, I'd recommend you go back and listen to episode 246. That's an interview with Jesse Meekham. I love YNAB. I use YNAB every day. Uh, If you'd like to check it out and see what it's all about, you need to do two things. Number one, sign up for a free 30-day trial of the software. It's a free, full-featured trial of the software. Sign up for that at RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash YNAB. Please use that tracking link so I get credit for your download. RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash YNAB. Do that, number one. And number two... Work your way through the excellent training materials that YNAB offers. They have all kinds of free webinars and classes about how to use the software and build your budget properly. This is the perfect time of year to do it. So check out RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash YNAB. Sponsor of the day number two today is Paladin Registry, and this is my solution to the most requested problem or or question that I've gotten on the show, which is, Joshua, how do I find a great financial advisor? Uh, Paladin Registry is a registry service of financial advisors. It's a vetting service, a screening process. The founder of Paladin Registry is a man named Jack Wehmeyer. He and his team have put together an extensive series of screens uh, to help weed out some of the bad and incompetent financial advisors that are out there uh, who have a license to their name. Uh, And so the way it works is if you would like to interview some prospective financial advisors to see if they might be able to serve you in the care and stewardship of your wealth, uh, you go to this link, RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash Paladin, P-A-L-A-D-I-N, RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash Paladin. Use that link. Uh, go through that link. Put in your name, 
your email address, your phone number. Uh, it'll ask you for your zip code. Uh, I can't remember if it asks you for your mailing address. And it'll ask you for uh, the amount of assets that you have that are potentially available for the advisor to manage. It's important that you fill that in properly so that they can match you with an advisor who works with clients uh, similar to you. Uh, and then they'll put you in contact with sometimes two, sometimes three advisors, sometimes more. You have an opportunity to check with those advisors, uh, see if they might be a good fit for you. Uh, it's a great time to do that here at the new year. The fina- good financial advisor is worth their money. A bad financial advisor isn't worth any money, but a good financial advisor is worth their money. RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash Paladin. A majority of the listeners of Radical Personal Finance are based in the United States. And there's something very unique about the United States of America. Uh, it can be measured based upon wealth. The United States is an incredibly wealthy country, and there are many reasons for that. Uh, some reasons are geographical. If you look at a, a globe and uh, look at the different aspects of just global geography, you can see some of the major influences that have led to the United States being as wealthy as, 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 a, as, as we are. Uh, but some major reasons are also cultural Uh, And those cultural reasons are very important. One of the very important aspects of the U.S. culture is a deep-seated belief in the idea of cause and effect. Now, that's a worldview perspective. Uh, It comes from the Judeo-Christian heritage of the United States culture. Uh, Scripture says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. (laughs) Whatever a man sows, that also shall he reap. And that idea of cause and effect goes very deeply in U.S. American society. Uh, it's a reason why people had the expectation that if I put in hard work, if I put in effort, if I plant good seed, I can expect to reap a good harvest. That's not true in many other places of the world. Or at least people don't have that perception of it being true because of the external influences, whether it's a corrupt government or an unjust system of, of confiscation or, or whatever the cultural influences may be. But that cause and effect principle has a tremendous bearing on what we do. And so if we want to create the effects of wealth, we've got to study the causes of wealth. And those causes are knowledge, knowing the right things to do, having knowledge about the areas that are important, and then applying that knowledge systematically over time and applying the skills that will ultimately lead to wealth. And those skills are going to fall into the same basic five-part framework that we talk about, except it's primarily going to be about the first three. We have to apply the skills of increasing income. We have to apply the skills of decreasing expenses. We have to apply the skills of investing wisely. Skill is applicable to avoiding catastrophe and optimizing lifestyle, but uh, it's less direct. And today we're going to focus heavily on wealth. So in order for you to build wealth in this next year, you've got to gain and assimilate knowledge in the areas that matter to your life and to your goals. And then you've got to learn, develop, and perfect those skills that lead to wealth. Knowledge is the important first step. If you're having a problem or you're seeking a certain result in your life, then the first thing you should do is seek out the information and the education and the knowledge and the ideas that are pertinent to that problem. Frankly, I'm astounded at people who don't do this. And the majority of people don't do this. The majority of people who have problems in their lives uh, just simply want to complain about those problems and gripe about those problems. And it somehow doesn't seem to occur to many people to actually think about how to solve those problems. 
Now, there is a subset of the culture for whom this is unthinkable, and that subset is me and many of you who are listening. We can't even conceive of, of <laughs> why would you not work on your problems? But yet, the majority of people don't seem to even take the first steps of working on their problems. They don't seem to even take the first steps of going out and searching for the knowledge and the ideas that they need. So knowledge is the basis. If you've got problems, just start by asking around and talking about the problems that you're facing, and you'll start bumping into answers. One of the core principles of the personal development and success ideas is the idea of focus and intention. And when people talk about the importance of setting goals or or talking about problems, when I talk about journaling or things like that, what those things do is they bring the problems, they bring the decisions, they bring the, the, the situations you're facing from the back of your mind to the front of your mind and make you aware. And then when you're aware of things, your brain starts to filter the, the, the results that are in your environment around you. This is what – I mean this is the basis of, of the, the famed law of attraction. Uh, it's not a matter of uh, attraction. It's a matter of recognition. The best, simplest example is to think about whatever kind of car you drive, how you, by driving down the road, you can pick out that car half a mile away. You can pick out the exact color and the mic and model because you're tuned into that. If you drive a red sports car or you decided you want to drive a red sports car, all you see are red sports cars. But until then, you never saw them. Well, the same thing happens with knowledge. So when you ask about the problems and you start talking about the challenges that you're facing, then you can systematically over time start to bump into the answers. So ask questions about the big problems you're facing and then ask questions about the little problems you're facing. Ask questions about the things in your life that aren't yet how you'd like them to be. And you can start to learn the knowledge and, and, and ideas that will be helpful to you. But knowledge is only the first step. And knowledge has to be actually applied in order for it to be useful. And that's where we turn to the topic of skills, which is our focus for today. You have to develop the skills of success. And where I first learned this concept was years ago uh, through a Zig Ziglar set of t- CDs that I had that I listened to frequently. Zig Ziglar was just an incredible speaker. I always liked his style. I liked his southern accent, and <laughs> and uh, I liked his style. And he was one of the first kind of success people that I ran into. And he had this 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 place on his tapes where he talked about what people want, and he talked about how to build the skills of success in the areas that people want. He would make the point that everybody wants just about the same thing in life, and these things that people want, people want to be happy. They want to be healthy. They want to be at least reasonably prosperous. We all want to be secure. We all want friends. We all want peace of mind. We all want good family relationships. And we all want hope that tomorrow is going to be better than today. And that was his discussion of of what people want. Personally, I think that's a pretty fair list. It's at least a good place to start. I don't know if it's a complete list or an incomplete list, doesn't matter. But the most important part of that seminar was how he went on from the basis of what people want, and he talked about how to get what you want. And he made the point and effectively proved it to me that each and every one of those things is a skill. It's a learned skill. Now, you got to go listen to the seminar if you want to learn how happiness and health are learned skills or reasonably prosperous is learned skills. I'm not going to repeat the whole thing here. But 
he expanded that and it changed my my worldview. Because when I understood that all of those basic things were skills, it made me feel confident that I could learn and study and apply the, the knowledge that I learned uh, to my life in order to learn those skills. And when you feel empowered like that, it, it, it's life-changing. It, it's potentially life-changing at least. Because skill development is something that most of us, I think, can relate to. We all have different areas that we're skilled in. But when you look at things as skills, it makes us think of an ongoing process. We recognize first that we're not going to be very good in the beginning. Any skill that you've acquired uh, or that you've developed, you probably weren't very good at that skill in the beginning. But over time, you were able to build it and perfect it, perhaps. So one of the areas in wealth building that people get knocked off is we often don't do very well in the beginning. We often don't have the highest paid job in the beginning. We often, don't, uh, we often make bad purchases in the beginning. We often lose money in investments. And if we let those things define us as who we are, then it has a tendency to stifle us and stop us. But if we just simply see those things as skills that we're developing, then, well, we can be mediocre in the beginning, and that's not the, that doesn't spell ruin and, and, and doom. It's just where we're starting. The concept of skills is powerful because there's a progression. It's also powerful because it means that we never stop. And that's where, with wealth building, people often make the mistake of looking for that one thing, that one idea, that one deal. Do those things exist? Maybe. There can be one major deal that makes a big difference in some people's lives. But usually it's not one major deal. It's usually a series of little deals. I love the title of one of John Schaub's books. Uh, he he uh, re, It's the book he retitled into Building Wealth One House at a Time, but the old title of it, I think, was uh, Making It Big on Little Deals. That you don't need one major thing. You just need a lot of little progressions, little little steps in the right direction. And when you have the confidence that you just need a lot of little steps in the right direction, you'll systematically probably be able to, to more effectively keep going through the earlier ones where they're, where they're difficult to press forward to the ones there where they are uh, going to be more fruitful at the back end. So as you face 2016, a good journaling exercise for you to do would be this. Ask yourself, what are the skills that you need to focus on and develop and which of those, in order to, to, to grow towards your wealth, and which of those skills will have the most impact, the most immediate impact for you? Make a list and brainstorm some skills. I'd encourage you not to constrain these skills to uh, money and to wealth. I'd encourage you to expand your list to the skills of life. The skills of excellent communication with your spouse are going to be more impactful than how many dollars are in your IRA as far as impactful to your, to your level of happiness. And it's a lot cheaper and easier to build better communication skills with your spouse than it is to save a million dollars in your IRA. But since this is radical personal finance, let's talk about some of the skills of wealth that you can focus on. Starting with the first part of the radical personal finance framework, 
number one, increasing income. What are the skills that you can and should work on to increase your earnings and your earning ability? Are there specific job skills that you could develop? Do you need to retool your skills because you're facing a transition point in life? Making a New Year's resolution to make more money might be a good starting place. Setting a goal to increase your income by, say, 10% this year might be a better starting place. But that goal is only going to be practical if it's connected to a plan. And that plan is going to have to involve skills of some kind. For me, it's uh, skills of uh, major focus. 2016 for me, major focus is to massively improve my skills with written communication with my email list, uh, with all of you who've signed up for the email list. Major un, uh, undone thing for me in my life. Uh, another major skill is to develop the skill of finding out what are the specific courses and and products that I can develop and offer to you, the audience, that will be life-changing for you. So I've got to develop all the skills of uh, creating those products, uh, designing the outlines, and I want, to make them, I want to make them world-class. I've got lots of ideas, but those are all skills. Once I've done about 10 of them, I'll probably start to get okay at it, and then another 20 or 30, and I'll probably start to be world-class. But it's just a skill. So what are the job skills that you need? Do you need to develop people skills? Do you need to focus on communication skills, leadership skills? Is your opportunity specific and tactical, or is it big picture? Do you need to upgrade a level of leadership where you go from uh, leading in specifics to leading in vision? What are the skills that you need to increase income? I'd encourage you, pause the podcast and brainstorm a list if you're in an in a environment where you can do that. If you're driving in your car, hit pause and use the voice recorder app or use a dictation into an Evernote uh, file or into an email file. Use the voice dictation on your phone and just spend some time brainstorming a list of the skills that would help you to increase your income. Next, what about decreasing expenses? What are the skills that for you will lead to decreasing your expenses? Do you have a, 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 do you struggle with impulse buying? Well, you should focus on the skill of developing the skill of not buying on impulse. That's a learned skill. Now, in an ideal world, hopefully your parents taught this to you. Or in an ideal world, hopefully you had some life experience that taught this to you uh, early in life. For me, it was a, one of those little radio-controlled cars. Well, there have been various ones. I'll tell two stories just because uh, they, I think, illustrate one I remember so much. I desperately wanted those one of those little radio controlled cars, uh, little things you you squeeze the trigger and drive the thing around. I, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and so my parents gave me the opportunity to buy it with my own money. I remember just jumping on that thing and buying it, and I remember how utterly bored I was a week later with a toy that I was so enthusiastic about. When you save and save and I mean when you when you save and then spend quickly on something and it doesn't bring you any lasting satisfaction you learn not to not to continue so long with those with buying that stuff another way i learned not to uh, be an impulsive spender on little things was one summer i 
worked uh, on a farm and I had the, the opportunity and uh, I was mainly out in the fields and I got very bored because I was driving a tractor around all day. And this was while I was in high school. And I would very much look forward to my lunch break and my mid-afternoon break. And there was a gas station a couple miles down the road that had some pretty decent gas station food, specifically some pretty good chicken wings. And I was a little bit lazy about uh, going and packing my lunch and packing my snacks to eat. And so I'd wind up at that gas station. In retrospect, I was able to calculate probably two to three times a day. I'd like to go in the morning and get a coffee. At lunchtime, I'd swing down there, get some lunch. In the afternoon, maybe I'd swing by and get something else. Well, that particular summer, at the end of the summer, I it came time to uh, give my dad, uh, start paying my dad the money that uh, I owed him for my tuition bills. And I would usually be able to earn in the course of a summer about two to $3,000. So I'd usually wind up at the end of a summer uh, of work in high school with about two or $3,000 in my checking account, which I would spend down over the course of the, the school year. As I remember, I think I paid my dad $100 a month for my tuition at a private school and some things like other just miscellaneous high school student expenses. Well, that particular summer, as I remember, we were in a, I basically had seven or $800 in my checking account. And I'm sitting there counting things up and trying to figure out where did my money go? And so my father at that time forced me to go back, do, go back and do a, uh, an investigative audit of my finances and figure out where my money had gone. And I was quite chagrined to find that I had spent at least $1,000, possibly much more, on chicken wings and soda from the gas station. And that year, I was broke the entire year because I'd wasted all my money frivolously on stupid impulse purchases that I didn't track. That lesson went deep. So I had the opportunity to learn those skills with hard lessons young in life. That's very helpful to me now. Ideally, if you didn't have those lessons... Perhaps you can learn from my stupidity and other people's stupidity, but if not, think about how you can develop the skill of not buying on impulse. Recognize that your behavior is not fixed. It's not the way it's always got to be. You can change it. You can learn a new skill. And so whether that means you put some guardrails on your, your credit card and your check card and spend cash out of an envelope, whether it means you institute a mandatory 30-day waiting period on any purchase over $20 or any over $100, whatever it is, make a plan to learn and develop the skill. Perhaps it's the skill of careful purchasing, and that's what, that's what you need, is you need to develop the skills of researching decisions. So you can integrate this and say, well, over the next 30 days, I'm going to research this decision. I'm going to figure out how can I get the best bang for my buck. One of the things that's so sad if you look at people who are broke, you often will find that they have the same things that people who are not broke have, but they just buy cheap versions of them. And those cheap versions are always breaking down and they can't seem to make a good, they can't seem to make a good purchase that's going to lead to a lower life cycle cost. So they buy all the fancy stuff, but they buy the cheap versions that break down and have no residual value, where somebody who's wealthy has probably developed some habits of careful purchasing. So they think carefully about their purchases. They plan their purchases in advance. They carefully choose purchases that don't depreciate very much in value so that on the back end of the life cycle of ownership, they can sell uh, the item back into the market and it has a lower cost to them. 
frankly, you can drive with good skills of careful purchasing. You can drive a luxury car or have lots of luxury products, and you'll have luxury products with a lower price tag than cheap, inferior products. That is a skill. It can be focused on, developed, and learned. What are the skills that will help you to decrease expenses? These skills have to be appropriate to where you are. If your food bill is out of hand, maybe your skill is how can I uh, really develop the skill of of decreasing uh, our food expenses? But perhaps it's not a food bill. Perhaps it's something else. How can I develop a skill? And you can be as tactical and specific, kind of learning the skill of changing my own oil or performing some of my own car repairs in order to save money at the mechanic, or very, very big picture. That's up to you. Just ask yourself, what are the skills that will help you to decrease your expenses? Next, investments. What are the skills that you need to learn that will lead to your making wiser investments? First skill with investing is always the skill of saving money diligently and setting it aside. At the front end of your investing career, that is the major skill set that's needed. And so one component of that is, yes, higher income. Another component is, yes, lower expenses. But a major component is the skill of forcefully saving money right off the top, paying yourself first, figuring out a a plan that's going to allow you to fund your investment account, whether it's as simple as going down and increasing your 401k contributions or uh, putting an automatic transfer on your checking account uh, so that you, uh, on the day that your direct deposit hits your account, uh, some amount of money goes into a savings account. It can be simple or it can be complex. But in your area of chosen focus, then you need to develop more skills around uh, investing. If you are Depending on the type of investing, perhaps you are pursuing a trading strategy. So then you've got to develop skills of trading stocks. Or if you are in something like real estate investment, you're buying and selling single-family houses, then there are skills that are associated with that. There's the skills of finding the deals. There's the skill of negotiating a great deal. Uh, There are the skills of managing crews of people to, to fix things up. Each of those is a skill that can be studied and focused and developed. And those skills, when systematically practiced, are what lead to a mature uh, investor. And these skills, when comprehensively practiced, are what lead to a mature, wealthy person. It's a systematic application, development, and perfection of skills. The final point I'd like to make on the topic of skill development is simply that skills, the necessary skills change and they develop as time goes forward. If you consider somebody like an athlete, a professional athlete, professional football player, professional football player has perfected some skills. But just because they've perfected some skills doesn't mean that they can avoid and ignore skill development just means that the skills are different. When they were playing peewee football, there were a certain type of skills, certain levels of skill that they needed to focus on. And it's the same thing in wealth building. The peewee football uh, scenario is simple things like the skill of getting a job, the skill of making a resume, the skill of not getting fired from the job, the skill of paying your bills on time, the skill of managing a checkbook. That's peewee football. When you get into the big leagues... 
you still have to be developing skills, but they're different. So when you're leading a a company with hundreds of employees, it's a very different skill set than when you had zero. Or when you're managing a portfolio of $5 million, that's a very different skill set than when you had 5000 bucks in the bank. But it's still just a system and a series of skills, something that can be learned, developed, improved, and perfected. I hope that these ideas are useful to you. Uh, I guess <laughs> it's hard for me to know. Uh, sometimes I struggle with articulation. It's hard for me to know if, if these ideas are, are as life-changing for other people as they were for me. But for me, looking at life as a series of skills to be developed was was very freeing because it eliminated much of the emotion around who I am and who I'm not, this idea that I'm this kind of person that's this way. And it just made it simpler, made it re- recognize that I'm who I am, but I can learn and apply different skills. And with the application of different skills over time, I can uh, make major changes in my life. So that's the core of what I wanted to share with you. It's hopefully an appropriate New Year's message. If 2015 treated you well, congratulations. May 2016 be even better. If 2015 treated you poorly, (laughs) to borrow another Zig Ziglar uh, aphorism, another one that I always just loved, always found very encouraging, remember this. Failure is an event. It's not a person. Yesterday ended last night, and today is a brand new day. Sounds cheesy, but to me, I love that quote, and I've often said it to myself. I'm excited about walking with you here in 2016. It's going to be a big year. I thank each and every one of you who listens to the show. Uh, A couple of quick announcements as we go. Number one, uh, you will notice if you are someone who subscribes to the show on a mobile device, something like that, and also it reads on the website and gets the emails, you'll notice a delay when in shows being posted to the website, uh, perhaps by as much as a couple days. This is due to me eliminating a bottleneck in my production line. Uh, The bottleneck is producing the graphics for the website. So if you would like the quickest access to the show, the best way to do that is to subscribe on your phone. The best way to subscribe on the phone is to uh, download our free mobile app. So just search the app store on your phone for Radical Personal Finance. You'll find our free mobile app, and that will allow you to subscribe to the show, and you'll get the shows as soon as they're published that way. If you have an iPhone, feel free to use my iPhone app or feel free to use the built-in Apple Podcasts app. That's Either one is fine, or iTunes. Uh, Any place that you subscribe to the feed, like an iTunes subscription, that will be the fastest way to get the shows. Then the shows will show up on the website a couple days later, after my graphic uh, designer creates the artwork for the show. So just a quick note. Hopefully that's useful to some of you. Um, By the way, if any of you are listening in iTunes uh, and would like to leave the show a review, please leave the show a rating and review. That's always helpful in the iTunes uh, rankings. Uh, So if you could take a moment on your phone, just do that. You can do it right from within the Apple Podcast app. Just hit the star, leave a quick one-sentence rating and review. That would be super helpful. And I will be back with you tomorrow with a great show. Thanks for listening. Thank you.